I'm gonna tell you something crazy. I never told anyone this before. But honestly, I'm not sure I can remember what my mother looked like. It really seems like my whole life, Katara's been the one looking out for me. She's always been the one that's there. And now, when I try to remember my mom, Katara's is the only face I can picture. The truth is, sometimes Katara does act motherly, but that's not always a bad thing. She's compassionate and kind, and she actually cares about me. You know, the real me. That's more than my own mom. Don't ever tell her I said any of this. Hey, my lips are sealed. Flamio, hot men. Welcome to the Ember Island podcast, the show where two fans of Avatar The Last Airbender talk about every single episode. I'm Leslie. And I'm Barbara. And today we will be talking about book three, chapter seven, The Runaway. Ooh, a top-centric swindling. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Scamming is cool, kids. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, lying is cool. Lying is cool. Particularly <laughs> when you're the Avatar. <laughs> Yet again, a lie. Yeah. I love that avatar the show that the show doesn't give two shits half the time about having a moral of the story <laughs> like mm-hmm. how many episodes have they just straight up dealt with like the main characters just being cool with stealing shit and then not really addressing it after a point I mean, as the episode goes on and or just like joking about uh, it afterward <laughs> okay let me do our spoiler policy first because i'm about <laughs> to drop some deep dives from season one so um so this is a podcast where we assume you have watched every single episode of avatar the the last airbender specifically season one which i'm gonna talk about in like 45 seconds with that we are going to spoil things all the way back from 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 season one things that happen this episode and also things that are going 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 to happen later so heavy heavy spoilers ahead so remember when when um katara stole from the pirates but that was totally <laughs> right? fine Dude, pirates. i wrote the same thing she for half of this episode katara is like chastising everybody for stealing this shit when which, we go back which to- i absolutely agree with by the yes, way because right. they're stealing too much you have to steal Correct. and they're also supposed to be blending a little bit in, which, as they're also supposed to be blending in which uh, as we've seen from several episodes prior to this one they are not good at at all like what's i don't even think they know what the term blending in means but yeah, yeah. so she has the nerve to chastise them when if we look back at the water bending scroll episode and book one where she steals a water bending scroll without being pushed by anybody else besides her own stubbornness uh, from also <laughs> for ang you know because yeah, Aang's the course, avatar for Aang, of course it was for ang yes. <laughs> and then at the end of the episode she's like yeah don't steal Unless it's from pirates. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Also, um, I love how we keep on having this running plot point that Aang is a liar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember the, the maybe worst, maybe second worst episode uh, of Avatar of the Last Airbender, oh the, the Great Divide, where he just lies to everyone to try to... <laughs> 
to to try yeah. to bring these two warring tribes together. <laughs> yeah. And or how about uh, how about the other how about the other op- awful episode, Bato of the Water Tribe? <laughs> Where, oh yeah, where he lies know, maybe again. Maybe not so out of character after all, where he just decides to <laughs> decides yeah. to lie about the fact that there was a letter from Katara and Sokka's dad who they haven't seen in years. Yeah, you know, oh, God. Um, yeah, great character, Friendship. great, <laughs> just fantastic. Yeah, character uh, that we had not seen from Aang at, yeah. at all up to that point. Remember the 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 lone wolf dies but the pack survives game of thrones yeah <laughs> bato told us first the wolf is crying because he's lonely oh, God. remember that <laughs> uh. i hear a wolf oh he's lonely he doesn't have his pack god you know Shoot, now i hate that episode so much <laughs> yeah. yeah but <laughs> anyway and this episode in case you're confused this is a top centric episode which we haven't gotten in Forever. a long time not since like book two not, and not since like the middle of book two i would not be uh, able to tell you yeah it's been a while like i think the last time we really focused on Toph was like the chase episode which was like midway through book two not even that was like episode eight so anyway yeah this is a top centric episode where Toph decides to use her blindness to her advantage and she teams up with, I know I love it, she teams up with Aang and Sokka to um, have fun by committing some scams around a Fire Nation town that they're currently nearby and much to the uh, chagrin yeah, much to the chagrin of Katara who thinks that, you know, maybe these scams are morally wrong, but also we're kind of supposed to be undercover and lame low, and this isn't really helping us in that regard either. So, <laughs> yeah. On the whole, um, I like this episode, but I, I think it's a very, like, average Avatar episode. Like, there's lots of parts I like, and then there's lots of parts that I think are stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think... I, I think that it's a really solid episode. Nothing super super special, awesome, but it but 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 it but isn't bad at mm-hmm. all. Um, it has good character building, good conversations, moments of m- moments of humor, but it's kind of fillery, so you can kind of just plop it out. Except for com- except for combustion man coming a- again, which the more that I've been watching this season. The more I think Combustion Man was a bad addition <laughs> to the season. Yeah, I it he is kind of weird. He feels like a plot device slash we gotta have like a B list villain. Or we yeah, we gotta have like the mini boss before we get to the <laughs> bigger boss later, slash yeah, having an, an antagonist to create more conflict. Even though I think there's plenty of conflict as the as the gang travels from town to town, whether it's with themselves and each other or like uh, how they feel internally, or I don't know, maybe there's weird people in the town. Or, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned that. Yes, yeah, but specifically, I think he is used B, B because they need to have bending fights, but they can't keep on having bending fights with random people that they meet because then everyone will know <laughs> right. that, oh, there are people that aren't firebenders here yeah um that and i guess 
I think he works best, I guess, in relation to Zuko's arc and stuff, considering that, I mean, it's ultimately Zuko who protects the gang from him in the Western Air Temple episode when he's trying to swap sides. Which so. we will we will get to this. This is this is kind of in the future, but the Western Air Temple is the best air temple. Oh at no, that's me. cool. That, Come at me. That place is so cool. No, that's it's objectively the coolest air temple. Like, yes, thing is upside down under the ground. So like, cool. It's super cool. Under a, uh, it is under a giant cliff, and it's like yeah. carved. It's of, so it's so good. Cool. We'll get to it when we get to it, though. But seriously, yeah. that, there's no contest, really. I don't know why anyone would be arguing about that. It's yeah. <laughs> and I that. love steampunk, but yeah, Western Air Western Air Temple is where dope. it's at. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, I um I forgot how this episode opened with the giant statue. Oh my god, me too. Well, I was not, so happy. Oh no, I was not that, but. The whole in media right res thing. Yes. <laughs> Can we talk about how pointless this opening was? Oh yeah. So oh so okay, first <laughs> it opens on this giant statue. Oh my god. Giant statue. So um um it has a man uh that is really angry during a Agni Kai beep beep beep. Be, 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 because he, because he has the armbands and he's shirtless. At least he looks just how Zuko did when, when, when he was doing his um traditional acne kai, uh, and and the Fire Nino Nation Zine. has, ah, uh, no, it. I don't know if it's Ozai or not. I think it's Ozai. Who else would it be? There's a giant. Well, if it's it, not Ozai, then it's like a previous Fire Lord because yes, it's it a giant imposing statue Lord. with yeah. Because it has the be, 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 because because on his bun, he he has like the fire crown thing, so it could be Ozai, but it could just be a previous fire lord. Uh, and he's breathing fire really, really high up, and he's shooting fire out of his hands, and it looks amazing. And um, deep, deep cut, but have you ever? seen uh the episode of futurama where bender go well um the gang goes to a planet enslaves everyone there this is a like egypt analogous planet and then at the end bender becomes pharaoh and he makes them make him a giant statue that that breathes fire and and just yells remember me over (laughs) and over and this is that statue Whoever had the statue commissioned has low self-esteem. <laughs> I feel like it was more of a mandate, if I had to guess, just judging by how the Fire Nation operates nowadays I mean, yeah. with their war propaganda and all this other stuff. Yeah, it could be Ozai <laughs> but... be, 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 because the beard is pretty similar, but yeah, it's, it's a lot. Okay, so, anyway. immediate res. Go on, this opening this. is so dumb. Like, why? Why does it need to be here? I totally forgot the episode starts out this oh, way yeah. with, uh, so you see 
Toph getting captured by some Fire Nation soldiers, and then you learn that, oh, no, gasp, it's Katara who turned her in for whatever thing. How did we get to this point? Let's jump Katara three, three days her. ago. Yeah, you, okay. yeah, you betrayed me. You brought this on yourself. I had no choice. And nobody, did anyone buy this as a kid? If you watched this when it first no. aired and you were like, 12 or 13 like i was when the show came out like did you buy it because i didn't come on like this is so dumb when you consider both of their characters and you know especially katara who's like really concerned about you know let's save the day and stop the fire lord and like really motherly and and stuff like come on <laughs> like Not yeah she made... it just doesn't <laughs> makes sense we we know these people they're all trying to fight the fire lord even if they had a disagreement it wouldn't come to this level yeah toff's been around long enough that she wouldn't betray them Mm -hmm. and i feel like i and i don't think that this structural choice is necessarily a bad thing innately i think it can work for certain things particularly i think it works better when you're already not familiar with the characters involved in the in media res because for for instance if you look at something like even even hamilton which like gives you the ending in the opening song mo- chances are if you have history if, you should right no but at the same history right if, but chances are at that point you don't necessarily most people prior to seeing or even listening to that soundtrack probably didn't know all that stuff all that much about hamilton other than the fact that he's the ten dollar founding father without a father without a father (laughs) maybe not you know (laughs) to quote the song (laughs) that he's on the ten dollar bill and maybe some people might know that he got in a duel with somebody and he got shot and that's how he died but nobody really knows about the and the between stuff and the journey about how he got to that point the the point of in media res i think is because it can create intrigue. And intrigue is better created when you are not familiar with the people in question with that intrigue. Like one of my favorite video games is Persona 5. Uh, That game starts out in media res with your main character being arrested after doing what appears to be a heist, but you don't really know the full context of it. And he's getting arrested and you have no idea what's going on. But at the same time, you're curious about it because he's being accused of like manslaughter and all this other stuff and he's like a teenager and you're like what the hell is going on how did we get here why is this happening and this is our protagonist what (laughs) and then you go back to like several months prior and play from the beginning until you get up to that point and then move forward this i don't think uh this referring to this episode the runaway i don't think it works as well because you already know these characters you know that these two would never come on like yeah they butt heads sometimes but what the things that would have had to happen to escalate over the course of just three days in order to get to this point would be absurd like (laughs) and nor is there really that much intrigue created because of just innately your your brain's probably not buying it (laughs) yeah i this is not a episode that i normally watch when i am doing uh when when i'm doing my normal rewatch so so i didn't remember it really well but you just don't buy it what you said 
was perfectly spoken where it doesn't bring anything to the story and you don't believe it. So it no. doesn't do anything. Yeah. And it's like sometimes they want, like when people use a media right besides creating the intrigue, they might do it because they want to put the emphasis not on how something ends, but rather what the journey to that point is. So it's like, you know, it's the journey, not the destination that counts. So when you watch it and you're watching it from the beginning, you can start to maybe pick up on things that, oh, so maybe that was partially what leads to what we found out at the beginning of the story type deal. Like, um, okay, so one of my favorite adaptations right now that as of this recording came out just a couple months ago, <laughs> very far ahead in recording space, but um, the New Little Women movie. Oh, it's with, lovely. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm, by Greta Gerwig, who got robbed at the Oscars for Best Director. Um, not really for Best good. Costume, though. No, there not were, for were no bonnets. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, one of the interesting things they decided to do with that adaptation, if you haven't seen it, is they, decide to, they decided to tell the story non-linearly. So that book is told from the time that they're, like, preteens to Children. when they're full, yeah, slash kids, depending on their age, to when they're full-grown adults. And in this adaptation, they decide not to do that and jump back and forth between stuff that happens while they're adults and stuff that happened seven, year, seven years prior to when they were still kids. And I think that works because, one, a lot of people... Yes, maybe already familiar with the story, but for those who aren't, like I wasn't, I hadn't read the book or anything prior to seeing or seeing any of the other movies prior to this one. It was interesting to pick up on things in the flashbacks where it's like, oh, so that's what they were referring to when they were talking about how so and so is no longer together with this person and stuff. And like, oh, this person is doing what they're doing in the present because of something that happened in the past. And I don't know, just interesting stuff like that. And I thought that was a good use of jumping around non-linearly, if it, anything. So. It also worked really well because normally, uh, well, okay, so I have read Little Women a few, a few times and I have also watched it in a in a few different adaptations and it brings life to something that that people already know and it makes you make connections between things and and and, and also have a different view viewpoint of the same story so normally um the 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 first character we are introduced um uh well uh to in the movie uh amy she is normally disliked by the reader be because she counters Joe. Well, but you're actually version, you're introduced to Joe first, and then you're introduced to Amy and yeah, the new but, movie. But you normally see Amy as like a little 12-year-old whiny kid, <laughs> and now you see her as a as a adult, and and it makes you like her when 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 before you see her as like the total opposite of joe just like combating joe so 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 i really think non a non a, a non-linear uh way of storytelling really helps when it makes sense it doesn't make sense here it doesn't help anything be because we aren't 
seeing the whole story play out. This is just one episode. But also, they didn't pick the right scene to really shock us with. If they picked the scene of Toph just being put into prison without seeing Katara, without seeing anything else, then I think we would have been more invested of, oh no, how did Toph get into prison? Hmm, And then you would want to see what happens with that because like Katara and Toph, you don't believe she's in danger. Yeah. Because it feels planned. Right. Because you know these characters too well. Yeah, I kind of agree. Maybe if they, I don't know if it would necessarily be like a, still a needed thing, but if they yeah. had changed the scene to be just like Toph in prison, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think it's needed better. still. Yeah, um, but also they might have done it that way because this is kind of similar to to um a to to a different episode we saw imprisoned with Haru. So during that episode, um, Sokka, Katara, oh, yeah. and Aang try to get Katara to be falsely imprisoned right? so that she can help out all of the earthbenders who have been mm-hmm. captured by the Fire I didn't even Fire think of Nation. that, but chances are your brain probably subconsciously thought, haven't they done something similar to this before? Which they have. <laughs> so They have. Yeah. So that is... That is why I don't think the beginning is good at all because mm-hmm. like right at the beginning I have I was like oh they're pulling a haru even though haru wasn't involved in that at all I just called it that in, in my brain so yeah, yeah it just felt rehashed when it- when if they showed just toff being in prison I think I would have felt more concerned. How does that happen? How do we get there? And then maybe we see Toph getting like angrier, angrier, ang- 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 the angrier, angry, ang- angrier. And then we're more on Katara's side because we know what's going to happen. We know that Toph is going to get it. Like she is going to get caught some somehow. So, so when that twist happens, then we're like, oh, what is going to happen now? Does mm-hmm. it end up okay? I don't know. Just, just something to think about. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like the main point of why you might want to do to set something in media res or in the middle of your story is ultimately because you want to create some intrigue and place the emphasis and the focus on something else, which I feel like this episode did a poor job of doing. <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> yeah, so it. And it didn't make me look at the characters in any different way. Not really. So in Little Women, you 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 see the characters as first being adults instead of children. So so when you have all of those flashbacks, then then you start to understand why why they are the uh, the, uh, the 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 adults they are. But 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 in this case, it doesn't set up intrigue. It and it doesn't add more to the story. And it yeah. And it, it doesn't set up, up entry because because at, by this point you're in book three the, near the end of the show and you're already familiar very intimately with these characters because the writers at up to this point have done such a good job characterizing them that chances are 95 percent of you are not buying this one bit <laughs> that it's yeah. totally serious like <laughs> you know something's up 
So we can just go in, go in circles about how this isn't good. Yeah. But but the rest of the episode's pretty fine. So um, um with the couple, yeah. I said we'll pretty fine. Them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I said pretty fine, not Fair. pretty good. Fair. <laughs> okay. So three days earlier, what is what is happening? So Aang's doing some training, and uh, he's doing some blindfolding blindfolded training with uh Katara and Toph and he can do the cool vibration thingy that Toph can do you know I'm calling bullshit (laughs) overpowered I I mean he's clearly he's not the best at it but I mean he's no Toph obviously but I appreciate that he's kind of learning he shouldn't be Toph calling bullshit yeah that's fair (laughs) yeah but the point is he can do it a little bit that and we're talking about that whole visual that we get sometimes when top bends where like she senses all the vibrations and then they like make everything gray and then you see like little vibration little rings go out every time she touches her she puts her foot on the ground and stuff like that or anytime somebody else puts their foot on the ground that sort of thing but yeah so they're training and it quickly devolves into top and Katara getting into a mud fight not before Sokka tries a sneak attack at one point, though. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Yelling it out loud. <laughs> so, so I don't like calling girl on girl on girl fights cat fights because yeah. I find that demeaning. But this is a cat fight. This is terrible. Yeah, they are. They are almost to the point of just pulling each other's hair, uh-huh. and because there's like aggression, but there's no real malice. But there's no happiness in it either. They aren't no. play fighting. Yeah, I they don't just really don't want to hurt each other. <laughs> yeah, but either way, I guess uh, the emphasis or the symbolism should be that they're fighting with mud, which both which incorporates both of their natural elements. So oh. they have a lot more in common than they realize. Like, yeah, that is a metaphor that I didn't movie. pick up on. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, oh, it's nice though. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Aang. Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, Sokka tries to do a sneak attack by yelling <sighs> "sneak attack." Um, <laughs> Aang reminds him that maybe it'll work better if he didn't yell "sneak attack." <laughs> Love it. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, I specifically wrote Katara and Toph have pent up aggression. <laughs> I tried to come up with a joke for this fight that wasn't like cat fight based, but I couldn't come up with anything. So yeah, cat fight is just demeaning, but but this is like this is like the movie cats. It's bad. Woo! So anyway, um Toph is the fun mom. So she is so so she is gonna hang out no, she, with Aang like, and Sokka. She's like the fun aunt that yeah. you have you know like the fun crazy aunt who, who just who comes to visit from time to time and just says no rules um yeah, yeah so I, I was doing a bean girl reference i'm a cool mom oh yeah not just regular mom a cool mom, cool mom. <laughs> uh yeah so the gang including talk Sokka, and ang decide to go have some fun and guitar is just gonna dry off with and take the mud all off her face and stuff i guess so they go into town and Toph points out, hey, I can totally scan this dude who does the thing where you like shuffle a rock between a bunch of cups and you have to guess which cup has the rock in it or whatever. You get the idea. Yeah. The shell game. Um, the shell game. Yeah. So 
she t uh, she explains to them that this game is a total joke when you're a badass like me because since she's blind and she's an earthbender, she can sense when the rock is being moved and when the dealer is essentially cheating because he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that they can win a bunch of money. So they go down there to play. And I love the whole act that Toph puts on. She's really good at this. She's clearly, she's clearly scammed some people before. This is not her first yeah, this, review. <laughs> this is an uh, old hat for her. Just, oh, yeah. She's done this before. Mm -hmm. So she plays up the whole, oh, no, I'm a vulnerable little blind girl uh, thing that mm -hmm. she's been uh, coddled by, into by her parents for so long. And uh, she's like, I don't know if I can actually play because I'm blind. <laughs> and so they play anyway and uh she gets the guess quote guess unquote correct the first go around and then the second time which, the dealer which uh, it isn't a guess it's not so, no yeah so like, so the first time the dealer actually put more more pebbles underneath the shells so that she would always get it right no matter what she picked because it no, that's not no. what happened he yeah the first no, time not the first no she he was still cheating he just moved the rock through in and out of his sleeve and then it dropped back in the cup there was only one of them one pebble at the end of the day no so um, like he wasn't expecting her to actually get it but because he just assumed that she was guessing uh, because she's blind like that's when he she, raised the i really want to watch it again because it looked like he put a pebble underneath all of them and then at the end took away all of the pebbles oh i don't know why you would do that really because i mean ultimately well he wanted to double or nothing her but also it looks good if someone wins once in a while sure but i don't think he's i i don't think he did that <laughs> to me it looked like there was only one pebble and he was cheating because he was shuffling it through his sleeve sometimes instead of it actually like being shuffled around with whatever cup it was under <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so he's impressed. So he ups the stakes by, and Toph ups the stakes by putting Sokka's precious meteor sword on the line, like Jesus, and like all their money on the line. And uh, she still wins because she senses that the rock is about to go into sleep permanently. And then she mm -hmm. like earthens it back into a cup. And uh, yeah, so she wins. And then they just run off with a bunch of, I guess, foodstuffs and food supplies that they got. Yeah. So um, they so they gained forty silver pieces, and then they were able to buy up to to buy a, a, a bunch of stuff free. like that. Yeah. Um, Sokka really wants a messenger hawk, and this is going to come up <laughs> later. Yeah. Um, I oh, also yeah. really want a magic messenger hawk. That sounds great Me too. I think those would be so fun. And you could be so extra about it, too. Like, I would basically be doing what Sokka and Aang do at one point in this episode where they just fly a message to somebody who's literally two feet away. <laughs> like, go, go, go. Like, you don't even have to travel a couple miles. It's just, like, literally a second. Because um, right. <laughs> I'm too lazy to get up and deliver the message myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they come back with all this food and stuff. And Katara is like, where'd y'all get the money for all this stuff? And <laughs> Aang and Sokka so are just like, 
Oh man, that's so cool. Top just like totally scammed a bunch of people out of money. <laughs> wow. And uh Katara is immediately disagreeing about this. And Toph's like, well, hey, it's cool because I cheated a cheater. Fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Leslie, I'm yes. sorry. I looked at I I looked at the clip again and I am right. He does what? put extra pebbles underneath no. the first one. Really? Yeah. It doesn't look like that. Okay. At least yeah, so um like so I'm um, during well well the pebbles come out of his sleeve for the first oh. one and then yeah, he slides like... them back into his sleeve. Why but he puts have... extra ones? I guess. It just doesn't make sense to me. I just assumed that it was like the same pebble going in and out of his no. sleeve so we could like move it to a different cup if he wanted to. No, like, that is a bigger scam. So so he's lulling what? her into a false sense of security by like being like, Oh, you 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 won the first one. Let's like try this again, but for more stakes. And then he was planning to take away all of the pebbles so that she would lose. I guess so. Which means it's fine that they like. Either way, the dude was he's like a pirate, you know, pebble pirate. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So Toph calls out Katara for not being any fun, and Katara's like, "I can be fun." Just places mom on her head. (laughs) See, fun. (laughs) Yeah, all that didn't help Uh, her. But also, Toph wasn't wasn't around for season one, or else she would be like, "Remember when when you stole from the pirate?" Oh yeah, she totally would be calling uh, Katara out on this if she were around in book one. (laughs) But uh, yeah, either way. But but I uh, also agree. With um, with um, Katara on this because they're in the Fire Nation. They're supposed to lay low. Yeah, which they have not been doing a good job at at all since they've gotten here. To be uh, honest, but Aang just walks around, nothing on his head, just arrows everywhere, totally naked. It's like, uh, Aang, what are you doing? Aang need Aang needs a long sleeve shirt. Mm, and like Aang's not the only one. I mean, Katara and the painted lady uh, decides to do all that. Sokka, yeah. um, Sokka doesn't Sokka bother was telling use a- that guy he's from the water tribe. God, or, yeah, that <laughs> slash he didn't even bother to use the non water tribe sounding name when yeah. introducing himself. Come on, yeah, man. Lee, use Lee. Lee. There's lots of Lees. Lees are a dime a <laughs> <Man>. dozen. <laughs> Oh, they're so bad at this. Or um, a coin a dozen? A copper a dozen? I guess so. Either way, it's a freaking miracle that they have not been found out by a greater number of people at this point. Like, it's kind of, it's pretty laughable at this point. Uh, Yeah. So Aang makes a, quote, avatar promise, unquote, <laughs> that they're not going to commit any more scams. Cut yeah. to Aang's long montage. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long montage of Sokka, Aang, and Toph having a glorious time committing scams by using okay. uh, Toph's yeah. nature being so, blind. Um, so first it is, first it is um, the shell game. And then it's like a dice game, but it's with these rod-shaped dice. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a it's game like a dice, dice game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then um, there is a strong... There is a strongman game. Um, and then they they even do a hit and run scam. <laughs> yeah. 
like top like earthbends something to make it seem like the carriage hit a person. She lies down on the ground and then uh they ask them to pay up and then you cut to Sokka wearing his um his beard that he had in the headband episode. <laughs> Which I hope he didn't permanently glue to his skin again. And then, like, it cuts to him collecting, like, tons and tons of money bags <laughs> in his uh, in his arms. Which is kind of funny, but still, it's like, <laughs> they, easy, y'all. <laughs> they should not be doing this. Uh, no, they the shouldn't. F- the first thing, okay, maybe is fine. Be Because they only have one coin left. Okay, cool. Um, That guy was a swindler anyway. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But after that, every single time they do it, they are just getting more and more notoriety. Yeah, and it just and... starts to escalate because some of these people who are aren't even doing anything wrong, really. Like the strongman one, I don't. I mean, I'm I'm guessing you can probably rig it. It was but like a carnival game. It seemed fun. Yeah, it just seemed like the standard carnival game. That's. I mean, yeah, it's probably built to be rigged. I've never seen anyone actually win it, even those with abs. But. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but even but specifically the carriage scam, I guess it's like, what are these people doing? They weren't doing anything wrong. They're rich. Eat yeah. the rich. Toph is telling <laughs> us to eat the rich. Yeah, she's also rich though, so it's <laughs> so it doesn't come off as great. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but Aang oh, and Sokka uh, are totally into this though. Uh, before <laughs> I forget, lives. I I don't like that Aang is a liar. But I like that Aang is a liar. I I like that he's supposed to be the avatar. He is he is yeah. supposed to be like the moral center of the world, but he's but he's a kid. He's a person. Mm-hmm. And I like that they play that up a lot of the time. Yeah. Where, where he has to do all of these things and like he's supposed to be better than everyone else, but he's not. And I mm-hmm. really like that. True. Even though <laughs> lying is wrong. No. But I'm trying to remember who was the one who called out Katara first on stealing the waterbending school in book one. Was it Sokka? Uh, I, th- I, I think oh, oh, okay, so so I think it was definitely Sokka, but I think Aang started to get annoyed once once Katara didn't share it. Sokka definitely called her out for for taking it for herself and not for Aang, though. True. <laughs> I, I absolutely re- re- remember that. That's true. <laughs> so, um, Sokka's fine when they steal for him. It seems like everyone's fine with stealing. <laughs> yeah. if, if it's for their own if benefit. Something, if, like, they're cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Uh, <laughs> uh, tough yeah. bribing Sokka later. Buy yourself oh, so something good. pretty. Yeah, because... <laughs> yeah that's pretty great uh yeah so they come back still having the time of their lives katara is still very disapproving of all this and and at this point let and totally reads toff (laughs) it's totally a read uh there is a shoe problem with toff during some of the frames of i saw it too dude i thought it was the only one yeah no there's just shoe problems for those who don't remember when they stole a bunch of fire yeah when they stole a bunch of fire nation clothes and oh yes stealing stealing yeah (laughs) right so when they got their fire nation outfits toff took out took off the soles of her shoes that she got um 
yeah so, so she, she can still see yeah so she can still quote see with her feet so in other words um you can still see her actual feet when she's running around and stuff usually except for a couple frames in this episode where you can clearly see the bottom soles of her feet instead of her actual feet well, <laughs> so, well the bottom soles of her shoes or of her shoes yes yeah instead of her feet <laughs> yep sloppy <laughs> avatar how dare Sloppy. you ruin my show mm-hmm. with this garbage one star terrible they forgot <laughs> to animate uh the bo- the soles of her feet the soles of her feet <laughs> how dare you friends. yeah <laughs> uh anyway yeah so Katara totally reads Toph and realizes that oh you're totally acting out and are being so rebellious and reckless because you're just happy to be away from your parents who totally stifled you and stuff. And deep down, I think you miss your parents, but you just don't want to accept that. So you're just making up for it by totally misbehaving and lashing out. <laughs> and and Katara's armchair psychology is 100% spot on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, she got it. And Toph clearly knows that she got it because then she <laughs> lashes right back out at her. Like, stop acting like my mom. <laughs> You're not my real dad. <laughs> uh, or stop acting like a parent and start acting like a kid like the rest of us because you're not my freaking mom. Um, which which, which I kind of wanted Katara to just yell, my mom's dead. Oh at, least, like, you, at least you have a mom. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. But that didn't happen because that no. wouldn't have anything. Yeah. And then Katara rightfully also brings up well, yeah, regardless of whether or not it's morally right, all this stuff is gonna draw attention to us, which, which it does. Yeah, which could cause that metal man person who can blow up things with his mind to show up. And then that's Sokka. It's like, actually, I came up with a really great name for him, for him Sparky Sparky Boom Man. And they're playing like this ominous music in the background that it just like yeah, immediately it, cuts after he says it. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't work. No, but it's kind of great. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and no one really says anything when he says that because, like, I mean, <laughs> like, okay, yeah. that was a choice. Yeah. So uh, uh, yeah. the next the so the next day happens. Sokka, uh, always a very good thinker, went out and and decided, <laughs> yeah, and decided, you know what, I want. I want a messenger hawk. This is a good idea. So he bought a messenger hawk, named it Hockey. I love hockey. hockey Don't. I know. Hockey. No one can take hockey away from me. Hockey is like the My most favorite. cynical character in this whole show. Uh, like this bird clearly does not want to be here. Yeah. So He's um, to get the fuck out. Yeah, so um, when Sokka <laughs> walks past the wall, um, he sees a wanted poster for someone that looks exactly like Toph. Yeah. Turns out she is, she, she is wanted for basically doing all of these grifts, and she is called the Runaway. So, um, so um, Hockey proceeds to shit all over <laughs> yeah. Sokka's arm as if he's saying, the, oh, this, shit. This, this, this plot's bullshit. <laughs> yeah here we go just, oh this is shit this is pretty shitty. much like can i get out of this episode please <laughs> yeah um, uh <laughs> and then and, 
and then we start my 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 favorite part of, of, of like any tough plot it's just the blind the jokes. forgets that she's blind yeah. all the time all the time yeah so Toph is confronted by Sokka who with hockey yeah who, yeah with hockey who immediately just uh shows her the piece of paper and Toph's just like well, it sounds like a piece of paper, but I'm guessing you're referring to what's actually on the sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah, because I'm blind. Right, yeah. And he explains, uh, there is a wanted poster about you. And Toph's super excited. It's like, wait, really? That's so cool. I mean, do I look cool? <laughs> and then it's like cut between the picture, like the really rough sketch of her on the piece of paper in comparison to her. She's like making the same face. It looks pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, and Sokka's like, yeah, actually it does look pretty good. <laughs> and Sokka's like, but in all seriousness, like maybe we should like cut back on our scams as fun as they were. And then Toph proceeds to bribe him and then he's just kind of cool with it again. <laughs> yeah. Buy yourself something pretty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then Which- we uh, Sokka shouldn't have done. This is a little bit out of character for Sokka. Sokka, I I feel like a couple of characters had to take some stupid pills or just become one-dimensional characters for the sake of this plot, this episode. And Sokka I mean, yeah. is one of them. Because yeah, Sokka, Sokka... I feel like Sokka would be the person to chastise the group for, you know, we should be laying low because enemy birds to quote him in. Uh, yeah. Uh, chapter two of book three so <laughs> you know and like he's also the same person who was uh calling out katara in the painted lady episode for bringing too much attention to them and not being adhering to the schedule because she wants to help this village in a kind of reckless manner and stuff without yeah. really taking into consideration the consequences of that which yes do lead to the fire nation um or the, the Fire Nation factory people wanting to destroy this town as a result of her actions, which Sokka totally foresaw. So, yeah, it does, it feels slightly out of character for Toph to, or Toph, for Sokka to be this cool with this. I think the second that he saw that, that, that wanted poster, his tune should have changed drastically. Exactly, yeah, I totally think that's when his tune should have changed, which... You but think it, it is, but... and then he gets bribed. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, but Sock is not the one that would be okay with no. bribe. And also the bribe doesn't make sense because it's a collective purse of money. Yeah. It's weird. So okay. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. And so cut uh, to pause. Pause yes. for one moment. I always think that a that a episode is fine and and then I talk to you and I either really, really <laughs> am like angry at it or I really, really like it. <laughs> and that's what happens. I'm yeah, starting I... to like the episode more and more as, as we talk. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. This is, yeah. this is great. It's like, I, I still find this episode fine, like an enjoyable. Oh, no. Like I don't feel fine, but I but... like nitpicking all of these things be- yeah because we have such high standards for avatar totally and it's like i mean some of these i don't even know if i'd call them nitpicks because it's just like it ju- it just feels like they had to dumb down characters for the sake of a particular plot the which plot. is what this episode kind of feels like sometimes yeah. uh and it's like why bother to dumb down these characters when you can clearly create very compelling plots with 
the well-defined 3D characters that you've created as is. So, yeah. yeah but, whatever. But also, if the gang was always super, super careful, they would never get into trouble. And True. they have to get into <laughs> trouble. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. And that, oh. I think that's my problem with, like, the first half of book three in particular and why I, I tend to swap back and forth between whether or not I, like, book two or book three more but i tend to lean towards book two liking Mm -hmm. that more because overall i think it's more consistent book three uh while i like the episodic nature of the first half sometimes i feel like some episodes like the painted lady and the runaway and to a degree maybe like nightmares and daydreams a little bit it can Mm. get a little too um i don't know what's the word I guess one note, maybe. Yeah. Like, they could be exploring it more. But, yeah. I don't know. That's just me. Uh, we will- uh, Especially because book three in particular, there is a clear shift in tone and, mm-hmm. uh, I, I dare say, quality. For, like, from the Black Day of Black Sun episode onward, there's clearly a shift in focus. And, like, it really ramps up at that point. Slash, you get a really, you still get some episodic episodes via the field trips with Zuko, but they feel a lot more fleshed out, and like you really get to know all these characters and all their ass and all their facets without having to dumb anybody down. So, mm-hmm. I yeah, I I I I would absolutely agree with that. I think after after the day of Black Sun, it everything is a lot more meaningful and and everything is meticulously planned to get to the ending we have yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yep. hockey and momo fight <laughs> hockey's my favorite hockey's great sorry momo <laughs> hockey's over it <laughs> um, <Hockey> Zuko. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Sorry, I dare say guys. even more. Every episode, we will we will talk about yep. Zuko. Hockey sorry. Zuko. You thought we weren't going to talk about him here because um, Zuko's not even mentioned in this episode, but we fail. But yeah, so Hockey and Momo do not get along. Speaking of people not getting along, Katara confronts Toph again about uh, and hints that she knows about her being quote the runaway, both metaphorically and literally because she did run away from her parents which is something that is addressed in this episode obviously and uh toss pissed that katara clearly had been rummaging through her stuff because how else would she know about the wanted posters and that she threw up the 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 wanted poster again and toff can't see it oh yeah (laughs) yeah she just throws it in her face and she's like i don't know what you're talking about because i'm blind (laughs) god uh yeah yeah, and so they get in a fight toff calls her mom and, uh, and like from this point, I love the writing because yeah. every single line just gives Katara mom stereotypes. Katara yeah. found it while she was straightening up Toph's things. Katara interrogates Sokka and Aang. Hey, Sokka, do I sound like a mom? Well, uh, hey, Aang, do I, la- do I act like a mom? uh stop rubbing your eye and and look at me when you talk yes ma'am yeah uh, don't don't you walk away when i'm talking to you yeah 
And like, I really wanted Aang to be able to say, well, I don't have parents. So <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was from like the airbending temple, the air temple. I, there were only men there. Right. No, no, no. There uh no. there women there. Oh no, the and his air temple are, are, are at the western and the eastern. Oh, yeah. Another reason why the western one's the best. Yeah. So. But he did he did travel over to the one with the women at least once, or the Eastern Air Temple, because that's mm-hmm. where he met Appa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um But that doesn't mean that he knows about a motherly figure. True. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he knows about parental figure. I think that's the point oh, that yeah. is yeah, trying to be Yata. driven home here. Yeah. Um yeah, so then we cut to Sokka and Aang taking more stupid pills and deciding, hey, maybe we can uh, try to resolve this conflict between oh, Toph and Katara if we send <laughs> send a letter to Katara saying that it's from Toph, and then they'll make up. And Aang's like, yeah, you continue to impress me with your ideas. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so then he does. <laughs> they, they use hockey Which? just send <laughs> this letter literally like three feet away to where Katara's at uh to which Katara promptly sees the letter and crumples it up immediately because hello Toph can't write <laughs> and then she storms off and then Sokka and Aang admit yeah we're idiots and then Aang proceeds to double down on this <laughs> like well, I guess the next option would be to write a note to Toph saying it's from Katara. And then Sokka's like, mm, I don't know. I think we'd run into a similar issue. <laughs> oh my God. It's terrible. But I, but um, yet again, I love the running messenger hawk plot throughout this episode. Yeah. Where like Sokka, Sokka bought, Sokka bought the messenger hawk. And then didn't know how to send messages no. with with the messenger hawk. This hawk but is also, totally useless. <laughs> well, yes, but but is it Harry? Is it Harry Potter rules where it's hey know. hockey sent sent send this to Ron, and then he just knows where where Ron is. Yeah, I feel like it's sentient. Like, um, I I get the vibe that it knows exactly what it's doing because he's the most cynical thing here like for instance when Sokka's like okay Hockey send this letter to Grand Grand in the North Pole or in in the South Pole and Hockey immediately just shakes his head like hell no it's too damn cold <laughs> like I feel like Hockey knows exactly what he's doing <laughs> okay so so like Harry Potter owls it makes sense because they're magic messenger hawks here I think this hawk knows what he's doing I think this hawk is fully trained and just does not want to be with well, these people. <laughs> well, there is a difference between having a trained bird that will go from 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 point A to point B, or that tracks it based on a scent or like based on a flag. But this one, you you just tell it where to go, and then it just goes there without directions. How does it know whether to go north, south, east, west? I don't know. <laughs> just I don't know. <laughs> it is it is a little suspect yeah that's it i do believe this hawk has a cynical mind of its own yes even the ravens from game of thrones okay so i know game of thrones dead blah whatever but even but 
but even the ravens from game of thrones it was really well explained that um every single raven is trained to go from point a to point b and then from point b to point a so every single uh 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 raven's nest maester nest based Basically, um, they would have a bunch of different birds that would go to different places. And you would send a bird to a to a specific hub, and then from that hub, they would give it to a to to a second bird to send it on. And that's how I thought Messenger Hawks worked until <laughs> Sokka bought one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's unusual. I'm not sure how it works, but I'm pretty sure at least with this hawk, I mean, this hawk knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> go to the Earth. Go to the Earth Kingdom and follow the signs. Yeah. Okay. So the good news is, um, we cut to a scene that I genuinely really do like. Oh, this a lot. is beautiful. It's a really good scene. It saves the episode. It's perfect. yeah. It's parts like this that I really, really like about this episode. Oh. Quick tangent for a sec. When Toph bribes Sokka with money, Sokka mentions that he wants to get some cool armor for Appa for yes! the black sun, which he does get. I don't know if he actually got it in that town or not, but um, yeah, the armor looks legit when we get to that episode. It's cool. Yes. Anyway, so Sokka decides to actually talk to Toph in all seriousness about <laughs> why Katara may be the way she is and how he feels about about Katara and how he can relate to her a little bit. So um, then we get this really good conversation where they're sitting on the edge of this cliff face and then like underneath the cliff there's like a pool of water that Katara is hanging out in. And unbeknownst She's to Sokka... Moping. Yeah. Unbeknownst and to Sokka and Toph, she can hear the whole conversation. There. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, so she can hear the whole conversation unbeknownst to Sokka and Toph. And so Sokka... And talk, or Sokka starts the conversation by talking about how, yeah, she can be pretty annoying, like, <laughs> which is kind of funny. And Katara is like, oh, God, I hate everything. <laughs> and then Sokka gets very vulnerable and opens up and talks about how when they lost their mom, it was like the toughest thing ever. And he talks about how Katara was the one who really stepped up and tried to um, keep everybody together. and take on that motherly role that he was missing for a while and it's reached the point for Sokka where when he tries to remember his mom Katara is the only face that he can picture which is so freaking sad, it's so sad. and so sweet at the same time oh my god and it, um, and it makes sense for Sokka's character because he he always wants to be seen as a strong protective older brother but but um but um, but, but Katara ends up over overwhelming him a lot of the time and he and 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 he always wants to support her and he always wants to do good by her but but this adds another level to it where where Sokka might just feel guilt that he's not being everything to her that 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 she is to him you know and it adds another level to their to their relationship mm-hmm. and it makes it even more meaningful all of their interactions because it's so well written and it, and it's all of these little details that that make their 
like brother sister relationship so well yeah. written and so beautiful it's so great and it's stuff like this that reminds me why i love Sokka so much Sokka's great and Toph also opens up about how she also really likes Katara because she's one of the few people who can actually understand, quote, the real her and is very kind and caring and supportive without being stifling like her parents are. Um, yeah, and in general, this is just such a nice conversation. Cut to Katara, who's like crying silently over this conversation, as we all are. And, and Toph is is even sadder because she also says that um the cut that 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 Katara loves her for her mm-hmm. when even her own mom can't. Yeah. That's really that's really sweet slash sad. And yeah. it's just nice in general to see not just Sokka and Toph talking together, which I feel like that doesn't happen very often between no. like you don't get a lot and of I like one-on-one conversations with these two in particular which is nice but um seeing these two in particular open up this much is so nice because usually these are like the two characters who deal who cope a lot through in Toph's case rebelliousness and I can I can do what I want (laughs) attitude and um Sokka coping through like humor and stuff all the time so like these are our two Characters who, at first glance, tend to take things less seriously and may not be as open with their full-on emotions as, like, Aang and Katara typically are. But, um, yeah, so it's really nice to see both of these, both of them be very vulnerable and open with each other. Which makes me understand the uh, Sokka and Toph ship that is out, that exists out there a little bit. Yes, up. (laughs) Yep. But I will ship Toph with anyone, so that's fair. It, so it's fine, specifically because I just really like Toph as a character. But that's also, great. she's thirteen, so I'm not shipping her with 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 anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which which is also the reason why I still have Katang problems. But yeah, that's fair. Uh, I like yeah, them so- together. Just mm-hmm. the thing is, maybe in a couple Toph- years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, both of them though they f- Katara normally functions as 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 like the moral rock but 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 mostly I think that Sokka and Toph with their steadiness and with the way that that they're normally portrayed without a lot of like um uh, uh, emotional variants a lot of the time they are really the rocks of the group so it's nice to see them both be so 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 vulnerable when 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 we normally see either ang or or um or or um katara opening up that way yeah and uh katara who hears all this um I think she starts to realize, yeah, I do act very nurturally and I nurturally is that a word? Motherly. Let's go with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, I do I guess I do act very motherly. But her first takeaway from this is that, oh, so maybe I should be less and like really double down and try to act like the rest of the group, which is not what her first takeaway should be. But no. as a result, she goes and talks to to top after this conversation without actually telling her that she heard this whole conversation that she was having with Sokka and says that she wants to commit a scam with her 
And everybody else is like super surprised by this. And Katara wants to do not just any scam, but the ultimate scam. So Which I I think overall that you shouldn't be ashamed for being protective of your friends and no. you shouldn't be ashamed of being motherly and trying to help people. I mean, I'm definitely the mom of most of my friend groups. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I I definitely am. And and there's no way that I that I couldn't be. And, and I think Every group needs needs that person that I agree. takes that responsibility. Every friend group needs that one person who's gonna be, who's always gonna have your back, and who's all and is maybe going to have like the quote motherly unquote side. But really, that just means like they're super caring and compassionate and stuff. Like you, like you're awesome. Thank you. And you're fantastic. And yeah, you're great yeah. glue for friend groups. <laughs> But I will also remind you to make sure to do your homework. Or, right. <laughs> or did you like turn in that thing? How yeah. are you feeling? Did you eat today? Will you review my my essay, English minor, please? <laughs> I also review a lot of essays. You do. <laughs> She's reviewed so many of my papers that I had to write in college. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. They decide to commit a scam where Katara turns in uh, turns in top and the deal is they'll try to collect the reward money afterward. And then Katara, Toph will just metal bend herself out of whatever prison she gets into and they'll be home free. So then we cut to um, the present of this episode where we get a replay of that scene now in context. Surprise. Katara didn't actually betray Toph. I know you were on the edge of your what? seat. What? No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If so, you could see my face. I know. <laughs> it's just like probably super straight stoic. Like I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Toph gets carried away and Katara's like, okay, reward money, please. Or, to quote what's your face in Parks and Rec. Money, please. Money, please. <laughs> please. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the right thing is its own reward. Yeah. Dot dot dot. Music yeah. dies. Uh, uh, but I want the actual but, reward too. Yeah, but I yeah. want the actual reward. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So then we cut to top going to prison instead of it being a typical metal prison that they're used to whenever they travel, like the Earth Kingdom and the Water Kingdom and stuff. Apparently, the Fire Nation found out know a little bit more about the runaway than they let on because she's put in a wooden cell and Toph can't bend that so she's freaking out and then which that should have been a possibility the entire time sorry yeah (laughs) like nobody uses okay also Um, what if they tied her up you know yeah that would be extremely hard for, 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 for her to bend she isn't boomy yet Right. Later on, she's boomy. No, but... I think I think she's boomy level now. To be honest, like I think she's been fine. Yeah, but I, but 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 I definitely think that it would be bending. a learning curve for her. True, but like it, I think it would, it, it would be a learning curve, like how learning metal bending was for her. Like, yeah, it might take yeah. her a couple tries, but she ultimately figured it out. <laughs> like, yeah, I maybe it'll take her seven minutes, eight minutes. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then Katara follows the others 
soldier dude to go collect what she thinks is the money. reward money. But yeah, <laughs> here comes Sparky Sparky Boom Man instead. And then she gets thrown into the same prison with Toph. So on, in other words, on paper, this idea for a scam might have been good, but really at the end of the day, it was also very reckless and foolhardy, which I think can reflect Katara's character sometimes. She has a tendency to be very reckless and not really always think through some of the ramifications. Like, a lot of stuff had to go right for this to really work out, and specifically the fact that, like, the, the whole metal cage thing yeah that would have been that's one of those maybe maybe not things but so well, i guess they had that wooden cell set up already oh yeah this that could have been a possibility the entire time they did not fail just just because of the combustion man and thank um, goodness they were put in the same cell okay so here's my thing i i feel like they probably Got the intel from Sparky Boom Man, which, okay, this is one of my other gripes with this episode, so we can talk about this some more. But, so I guess they got, what happened is, they got intel from Sparky Boom Man that he was looking for X people. Like, this person's an earthbender, this person's a waterbender, whatever, so we need to do wooden cell. Because the Fire Nation wouldn't just have a wooden cell line around, because, like, assuming most of the benders there are firebenders, duh, been through that shit um yeah so you're telling me they had three days did did they make that in three days i don't know i mean maybe they did just have it lying around but yeah they must have had it lying around i guess so yeah that's fair but what is what i don't understand is so every time we've seen sparky boom man he does not talk like never talks and yet somehow managed to inform like all the police in this town to evacuate everybody one number two inform everybody on what the profile for all these people all these kids that he's looking for are and three tell them how to catch them in the act of whatever it is they're about to do oh in the span of three days in three days so not even like two days listeners put on your tin, your tinfoil hats. I got a great, great conspiracy coming. Okay, so the hockey we know and love oh. that oh. we have been connected to for, for for this entire series. I mean, remember hockey episode one? So turns out hockey was with combustion. The entire time, Hockey has been informing on the gang. Oh my god! To the combustion man this whole time, (laughs) even though we only see Hockey be with be with Sokka, we were hinted at this when when Sokka talks about like 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 the evil messenger birds that are always watching. So. Uh, also, um, hockey can talk because hockey's totally a Pokemon. Let's, <laughs> let's all be real here. <laughs> yeah. Meowth style, something like terrible happened to hockey. Ooh, hockey's <laughs> father was was killed by a badger. Oh my god. Which is yeah. why. Badger mole. 
yeah a badger mole which is which is why hockey hates toff so much <laughs> and wanted his revenge <laughs> yeah okay i kind of like that theory <laughs> yeah um but also chances are that um the um come the um, combustion man walked into the jail um uh pulled pulled like the wanted poster off of the wall like put it in his in his face pointed at it and then threw it into that wooden cell and that's all they needed to know <laughs> yeah i'll go with that i like that tinfoil hat yeah. theory or maybe he talks to people off screen you know or both <laughs> yeah or 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 both but hockey is totally a traitor yeah but then Either later way. he is actually converted we see his evolution similarly to zuko's evolution <laughs> within the series oh my god like other yeah. way the whole thing was weird to me <laughs> like i it, it was hard for me to buy into that yeah. like oh, how they they evacuate all these people within like 24 hours and set up this giant trap and oh my god okay it's been so, three days they how how is there a wanted poster for her and in like two days of swindling yeah we assume that they did all these scams like that we see in the montage and first like day. the first day and then maybe they put the poster up day two and then somehow at some point sparky sparky boom man saw the poster and recognized her as somebody traveling with Aang and like the end of day two and somehow managed to rally the troops and <laughs> inform them about this and saying that he needs to capture him. I mean, granted he probably, but no, see, he can't even use his, uh, his clout regarding who hired him because Zuko told him to keep it is secret as to who hired him in the first place. So he can't even say, yeah, from the order of the uh, fire prince, like, I got to do this X, Y, and Z, which would probably have given him an I advantage. Mean, but so I don't know what he did. <laughs> he's just he, a random hitman. He's the full metal alchemist. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> well, actually, he is. Oh, dear. He is the perfect combination of every single FMA character. Oh my god, kind of is. Yeah, <laughs> Roy. Okay, Roy Mustang, Ed Elric, and Scar, all of them together. Yeah, one person, him. <laughs> I hate that it works so well. Yeah, that it works pretty well. Yeah, but um, so uh, we know come we know Combustion Man has a super awesome backstory because. Look at his character design. Isn't yeah, that man. Cool? I know. Um, I really wish we found out. I wish we knew what it was. Like, but I guess what? your imagination can do better in that regard. I feel like if we ever did get a backstory with him, I might be kind of disappointed because my my brain might have came up with something oh, cooler. No. In my mind, um, the the like and ooh, okay. Uh, so my backstory for him is that he was actually there in the north pole uh on on the day when ang uh went into went into the avatar state and the ocean decided to kill the fire nation um and he is the only survivor and half of his body burned 
be because something bad happened on the ship. But 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 then he but then he was saved miraculously by um by uh, jumping on to a bull shark, and then um, that shark brought him to the Fire Nation, and that is why he's so cool, and that's why he also has metal limbs. But it but 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 he might just be from from um uh the from the previous crusades when um when um Iro was the what what was the fire nation general because it seemed like they had a much more active army back then yeah so anyway we get where were we um Toph oh. is in Toph is in jail um Katara was swindled Katara's in jail um, feel, combustion I mean, man's there stupid. yeah Katara feels stupid for doing this in the first place which yeah I was kind of dumb <laughs> uh yeah but she does apologize kind of to Toph saying she was trying so hard not to be motherly for a change and was trying to be quote fun but like, Toph's like you're fine the way you are. Yeah, yeah. Toph's like you're fine the way you are yeah I may lash out at you but that's my own problem <laughs> um yeah so they're trying to figure out how to get out of their cage meanwhile Cutting to Aang and Sokka, wondering what's taking them so long with the scam. And they proceed to go out to look for him. Along the way, they notice the whole town has somehow been evacuated in the span of like an hour. And uh, thanks to Aang's blindfolding training that he's been doing, he's able to sense a disturbance. In the forest. Yes. In this case, it's up on a rooftop and it's Sparky Sparky Boom Man who's trying to blow them up. And then, yeah, Aang's like, it's Sparky Sparky Boom Man. And Sokka's like... Yeah, I don't know if that name's really fitting anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, yet again, his his character design is so cool. And I wish that we got more of a backstory for him. Yeah. I feel like he isn't a good villain because we don't know anything about him. And the fact that he was hired by Zuko. So it's like... Yeah. But... I don't know. But, yeah, but... But he isn't mysterious like the Fire Lord was. He's just there doing yeah. stuff. Yeah, it is. And kinda... I guess he's paid. I guess he does this to get paid. Yeah. But I don't well, know. I say I think he kind of likes it though, because like what? Because Zuko tries to call him off in the Western Air Temple episode, but then Sparky Sparky Boo Man says, "Fuck no," basically. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so they're getting attacked. Cut to Katara and Toph. Katara realizes her sweat also has traces of water, which is a nice setup for the next episode. Yep. And and she sweat bends her way out of the out of the prison. (laughs) And so Toph and Katara meet up with the rest of the gang and they try to fight off uh sparky sparky boom man again i'm just gonna call him sparky because <laughs> it's mouthful. combustion man yeah or combustion man fine uh yeah and so they're running away and their escape ends with one of them throwing a pebble at uh his forehead which causes him to not be able to use his explosion ability properly and ends up in like this mini implosion where it's just like a bunch of air just like goes into his face and knocks him out almost 
Yeah, which is so, also nice foreshadowing to um, how to beat this guy later. Yeah. So um, remember that Rob. Remember before uh, when when um, when um, Tylee would hit people's chakra points. Um, uh, that pebble literally hit his third eye chakra. Yeah, which is right in the middle of uh, of his um of his of his forehead. So that is why his his bending's messed up, not because it hit his tattoo and like um the tattoo was linked to it, but it's but it's that it messed with his with with the flow of his chakra. Mm-hmm. And it messes with his bending. Just yep. like how um how how um Aang's bending was was also messed with when um when um uh, uh Azula lightning bended into his heart chakra, which is right on which is right on his back. Mm-hmm. You so he's defeated for now anyway. And the gang gets back to their campsite and Toph steals away Sokka's hockey messenger <laughs> and asks Katara if she'll help her write a letter to her parents to send to them. Which is nice. nice. It shows that Toph's kind of ready to confront maybe some of the guilt that she feels toward her parents and that deep down she actually kind of does love them. Even if they can be pretty horrible. So um, when Toph was with her parents, she could never be herself, be be because she was always afraid to. And yes, her parents were very res- were very restricting, but that was partially because they didn't know what she was capable of, and they never really had the time to come to to terms with that. I'm not like victim shaming Toph because there because there was definitely a, a, a emotional ma- manipulation imbalance of power not a lot of respect all of that happening but but Toph also never gave them the chance to to really help out with with that and yes they did hire pretty much like kidnapping assassins to, to yeah. come and find her but that's out of a twisted type of love where where they still can't believe that she has the the ability or the agency to do things for herself which is a which is definitely a problem all all of its own do not get me wrong but it's but it's a really complicated topic that that it would be nice for Toph to be able to at least talk with her parents and 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 really make the full decision to not be around them anymore if they really won't accept her or or show them who she really is and like see if they will accept her after that yeah yep but if anything like I kind of appreciate that we don't actually get to see what she wrote or even uh, if the letter made it to them. But because really what's important is that Toph is finding closure 
regarding that whole part of her life. Yeah, tough. Not, not so much how, I guess, how her parents would respond to whatever it is that she wrote and stuff. Yeah. It's more about Tom. Yeah, this episode isn't isn't just called The Runaway Bee because they called her that because she ran, mm-hmm. because she runs away after she gets the money or even because she ran away from her parents but because she's running away from her own feelings and from her own guilt and she has to come to terms with that yeah and uh we we say goodbye to a beloved character uh, uh, RIP hockey, hockey. <laughs> we like, never see hockey after here. this episode <laughs> like i don't think he ever comes back <laughs> you've been here since episode one i have loved you so much e- ever since we first saw you uh on zuko's ship just like telling zuko <laughs> drinking drinking tea with iroh deserting them to join the gang but like in secret so we never saw you but like you, you know we felt it <laughs> i know he will be yeah, um, truly missed yeah um, legitimately though i really don't think we ever see hockey again yeah he never comes back i'm pretty sure <laughs> oh actually let me uh, that up hockey avatar i'm pretty sure it does not make a reprise <laughs> uh there is oh uh second thing on on google is a reddit post whatever happened to hockey <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, hockey never comes back, but Zuka was supposed to have a hawk, so. Well, yep, R.I.P. hockey. No, hockey yeah. probably just said, he probably delivered the letter, and then after that he was just like, screw this, I want to go back to them. <laughs> Those people are crazy. Ooh, yeah, no, um, hockey stayed with the, stay, stayed with the Beifongs and was like, Oh, yeah, I'm getting golden golden <laughs> sardines. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I don't blame them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh so yeah, that's the episode. So yeah, it was it was a nice episode. The beginning's Not rough. Best, but, yeah, the beginning's the really ending rough. is worth it. The middle's yeah. worth it. I, I think there are parts of this episode that I that make this one worth it. Specifically the Toph and Sokka talk I really like. So good. Um I, I really like I like the ending and the reconciliation between Toph and Katara. Um yeah. Like also both ba- they can both be very reckless and stubborn, which is uh why I think they clash, but that's also why I mean they have so much in common. Yeah, you uh, don't have to be exactly like your friend to get along. You can have differing opinions, differing likes, differing interests, and different personalities, and still be family. You, you don't have to always get you don't have to always get along with someone that you love. Yeah, uh, I like having a top centric episode because again, we hadn't had Toph's one great. since like middle book two um even if it was one of the weaker episodes for book three but i still enjoy it i like that katara is coming to terms with her motherly nature and is learning that that's not a bad thing and that she is the glue that holds this group together a lot of the time because of it um yeah and, and, and we love hockey 
Yeah, we love hockey. Hockey's great. <laughs> I, I like the little foreshadowing things that happen in this episode. There's actually a lot. There's the whole Oppa's armor thing. There's the pebble hitting Sparky's third eye or Combustion Man's third eye. Um, there's uh, Katara doing something creative with her water bending, again, which has been set up in previous episodes too. But it's nice that they remind us all the awesome things you can do with water bending an episode prior to the apex of that. Um, yeah, but the, yes, the opening was dumb. <laughs> the, the media res structure was unnecessary. It's kind of, it's pretty laughable at this point, how bad the gang is at blending in to Fire Nation society. <laughs> Cause oh, they, God. <laughs> oh, it, it really is a miracle that they haven't been found well, out yet. To be honest. And, and um, this is something we talked about all the time during book one but i think everyone in the world of avatar is really stupid because ang walks around looking like ang with with arrows everywhere and people are always like ecstatic when he tells them that he is the avatar like you didn't know yeah by looking at him <laughs> by using your eyes come on <laughs> it's not that hard to figure out yeah, he is the last airbender. The the avatar is back. I wonder. Let me draw parallels. But um but um overall, I don't think this is the strongest episode, but I think that it had really strong moments and I think it felt like a good avatar episode. It had comedy, it had heart, and it had a a pretty fine plot. Yeah, we have we 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 have kind of seen the like trying to get put into jail thing before, but it's but it was done in a different enough way that it didn't feel exactly re re, re rehashing the imprisoned arc, but also um, I think that it fell short in just combustion man compared to the other villains we have we have had. And and I think the problem with with that is that we just never get any background about him. We 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 never learn anything about his real motives or like any, anything to make us really afraid of him because the gang seems to be handling him pretty well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I feel the same way. But when yeah, I I do like. Compared to them fighting Azula, you're yeah. scared every time. Yeah, or even like, where where would you rank this guy with like Zhao from Book One? Okay, so like villains less. I mean, at least I know stuff about Zhao. That's I true. Mean, yeah. Yes, Zhao is the worst. Zhao sucks. Zhao is the worst Avatar character ever. But but we can have a strong opinion about Zhao because we learn stuff about him. He is a traitorous, jealous, lying, terrible person that wants to destroy the moon, which is mm -hmm. terrible. And he also ruined libraries for everyone. Uh, and he wanted to hit someone when their back was turned. Zuko. But but all of those things are stuff about him that we can 
call upon. The only thing that I can really call upon for um, Sparky Sparky Boon Man, Combustion Man, is that he has a cool metal leg and a and and a cool metal arm and he's super built and he and he had a hawk once and he can start ex- explosions with his mind uh which is probably superheating the the air at a single point in front of him to to cause a explosion using the yeah. oxygen which is really cool but he's not a good villain because he doesn't because I, I don't know anything about him mm-hmm. i kind of feel the same way yeah i would rank xiao higher yeah. this guy as cool as his character design is but yeah i um that's it this episode wise i would definitely say it's better than like the painted lady yes but yeah yes yes oh my god yes uh, I would not say it's I mean, better painted, than something. I, like, I mean, Painted Lady was also kind of boring. Yeah, and like the humor actually wasn't very funny either no. in that episode. Like some a lot of the episodes, or a lot of the characters in that, I was just kind of annoyed with. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah. this one's funny. There are there 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 are so many strings of just mom of just mom mom jokes throughout. Sokka's really really funny. Uh, there are like little fights in the background. The whole plot has a humor to it that it that is that is really nice, and it it feels like a good Avatar episode. It is not the best, but if but if this was in season one, it would be really good. Of course, like mm-hmm. the analog to like the season one plot, but if but 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 if this stuff happened in season one, we would be a whole lot happier. But it's season three. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think for me, it's more frustrating to get an okay, like a fine average episode like this one and like the painted lady and the final season in particular, because it is the final season. So it's like you want things to ramp up and uh, just given the track record of other shows in their final season and how far off they went in a bad way, you really hoping at this point they're going to stick the landing on the show and which they do. Thankfully the the show does stick the landing, (laughs) but sometimes it's hard from a momentum standpoint when you're trying to reach, when you're this close to achieving the end game for a show and then you get just like, okay, mediocre episodes like this one in the middle of uh, mediocre by avatar standards anyway, (laughs) in, in the middle of your season. The more that I am watching this season again, the more that I feel like after Aang was healed, after they got to the Fire Nation, they didn't know what to do with the gang until the day of Black Sun. And I kind they- of feel that way too. Like on yeah. the one hand, I get what they were trying to like. I like that they're trying to humanize um, a lot of the people in the Fire Nation which a weaker show would not do. Yes. And I appreciate that this one takes the time to have not just one episode, but like several episodes where they're interacting with um, Fire Nation civilians and stuff, like they're normal everyday people. And in a lot of cases, helping out said people just like they would anybody else. So um, I appreciate that aspect of it. I think 
partly the problem that I have, at least, is just like whatever plot they come up with for those specific episodes where they're just hanging out around town and doing something. It feels like they have to just like forcibly suppress a part of what makes any of these characters great in order to progress whatever plot that they want to tell for that particular episode. So like Sokka was pretty stupid in this episode when he's not. I mean, yeah, he can have his dumb moments, but at the end of the day, he's probably the most practical person of the group and uh, would usually be the one in pre- in previous episodes to let them know, hey, maybe we should focus on this actual thing that, the, you know, the world's going to end and stuff, or like, we should do this instead of that. And maybe it's wrong to do this because it could blow or cover that sort of thing. But- yeah, I, yeah, I just think these episodes for the gang are really hit or miss of how mm-hmm. good they are so like yeah the head uh, uh the headband which which was um the foot the footloose episode great really really well done even though they were uh uh new new to the fire nation and and also trying to like lay low everything made sense and no one felt stupid Mm-hmm. Um, the painted lady miss they felt stupid it felt like they could have done it in a different way a better way and it would have worked out better Sokka's master hit they did that really well I felt like like the episode actually had had a real place the beach for the gang was a miss they didn't do anything. It didn't feel like they needed to be there at all. And 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 then we and then we get to the the avatar and the fire lord and that seems like a story that they that they wanted to tell for a long time and and that was totally a hit. But then we get to the runaway and that's a miss again. So, it feels like like they had these things that they wanted to do and 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 like just some of them work out really really well and 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 some of them are fine but this is the last season we have seen how good they can be and and we have such high standards now yeah yep. the bar has been set probably unfairly high for oh, the yeah. show and its subsequent spinoff which I'm sure we'll debate about a lot. I'm sure I'm going to hate Cora. Get <laughs> yeah, ready. It's, that show is going to be so hard to talk to talk about because it's like the fan base is really divided on that show in particular. And sometimes I wonder, and sometimes I can be kind of divided on certain elements of that show. And sometimes I wonder, is this even fair of me to be this upset about particular elements of that show? When if we were comparing this to not just any other kids show on TV at the time, but just like anything on tv in general like this is miles and miles away like surpassing a lot of other stuff like you know yeah and I mean, same kind of goes for the show all of the episodes that i that that i just called a miss were fine it's missed by they avatar standards <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like they were not bato they were no, not they, no. they were definitely yeah. not even like the great divide no and they honestly we haven't we haven't gone on. an episode like that since book one in my opinion no. like yeah no we have just like, gotten more and more picky 
No, yeah. Even even something like the Swamp or the Earth King episodes and book two, which I'm sort of mad about. Like, yeah. I still really like I, I still like those episodes. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, just know that we overall enjoyed this episode, just not nearly as much as a lot of other Avatar episodes that come both after it and before it. Yeah, and and also thinking back, I'm sure that we would be a lot more picky on season one if we went back and watched every single episode from book one a second time after watching everything from book three. I'm sure that we would have much harsher critiques for book one. Yeah, that'd be interesting. We're so actually we're guys, not doing of, that. No, instead of instead of going to Cora after this, we're just gonna go back to book one again and just like <laughs> recap everything all over again. Yeah, so yeah we, we just, just keep on doing. Yeah, and, that you can't escape from. <laughs> no. Yeah, but <laughs> we'll do Cora. I'm not super yeah, jazzed on. about Cora, but. But 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 someone wears wears lipstick, so that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about going going back to Cora because I haven't again I haven't seen it since it first aired, so I feel like maybe now that I'm no longer tainted necessarily by just the weird ass production schedules with that show, Nickelodeon screwing the creators over, the creators screwing themselves over, and all that other history that I was experiencing in real time while I was watching the show and yeah like, didn't it might be only nice air it online at some oh, point oh lord what didn't they do with that show yeah like what happened book three had just ended on tv that one ended on tv and then book four was released was starting to be released online literally like a week and a half after book three ended out of nowhere it was, it was really bizarre. Oh, um, we'll definitely <laughs> well, talk about that more when we get to it. Yeah. But anyway, any final thoughts about The Runaway? Oh, uh, good episode. Uh, yeah, but just an average episode by Avatar standards. Yeah. Good cool. episode. So, everyone's, everyone's sweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so next up we have an episode that I do fondly recall liking a lot and it's a classic and is the really creepy one that everyone remembers it's, oh, it's book amazing. three oh yeah it's book three chapter eight the puppet master yeah get this is ready yes. oh it's so good i love this episode yeah this episode's wild yeah <laughs> um yeah plus a good guitar centric episode instead of uh pain lady i think So, yeah, and that concludes our show. Thanks for listening, and until next time, stay flaming.